0: Hello, everyone. Can we talk about fasting today? You know, it's always been one of those topics that I think we hear about how we should do it. In fact, I remember reading in the New Testament where Jesus even says, When you fast. So clearly, this is something we need to be doing. But what exactly is it? Why does it matter? And what is the proper way to fast? We're going to dig into that. I'm going to share lots of scripture. So first of all, what is fasting? The definition of a fast is to abstain from all or certain foods. This can also include drink. Um, There are some people who fast from social media, from television, all sorts of various things that you can fast from. The most common way of fasting, though, is to refrain from taking in nourishment while still drinking water. You need that water. So the importance of fasting. When it's exercised with a pure heart and a right motive, fasting provides us with a key to unlock doors and open up the supernatural. It can be a whole new experience in the unseen world. It can be a spiritual weapon. Second Corinthians 10.4 says, Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So fasting really is a necessary tool. Great Bible saints who fasted, Moses, David, Elijah, Daniel. In the New Testament, Jesus and his apostles fasting has always had its place in the life of the body of Christ. Jesus even gave instruction for fasting in Matthew 6. He didn't say if you fast, but he said when you fast. Jesus expects us to fast, and he says that whenever he was taken from his followers, then they would fast. So this is a practice we should be partaking of as long as, as Jesus Christ, our Bridegroom, is away. Now we have to keep in mind, as with all things, what is the motive behind our fasting? Jesus' first statement in regards to fasting, God is not just concerned with what we do, but also why we do it. We can take a right action but it loses value if it is done with a wrong motive. I think of that phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Consider the people in Isaiah's day. They were perplexed because God didn't take notice of their fasting. This is in Isaiah 58, by the way. The fasts that they took part in, they showed being religious But they were motivated by their own self-seeking and self-interest. God even asked them, Is it a fast that I have chosen? Now, fasting brings us into the spiritual realm. But why do we want more spiritual power? I think of this in regards to spiritual giftings, in regards to ministry, even, within the house of worship. Are we choosing to do what we do for our own glory? Or is it a sincere desire to be used of the Lord, so that others will also know Christ, and that the church will be edified or built up? I remember reading something in reference to this not too long ago, and it was funny because I was reading... This exact thing. And I was thinking, well, of course, we're doing it with a sincere desire for Jesus. And it was funny because right after that paragraph, the author made mention how we need to take pause. And we need to pray. Because we all believe that what we're doing is out of sincere desire for God's glory. But there are those things deep down within us. And that's why the Bible says so many times that we should pray for the Lord to search us and examine us because there are things that are rooted within that we don't even realize. And we need God to bring it to light so that we can deal with it. So let's not ever answer those questions too quickly. Fasting. It should always be for the sole purpose of bringing us into a closer relationship with Jesus, a deeper walk with the Lord. It is not meant for self-glorification. It is not meant for others to see us and know and admire our fasting. Fasting is also a tool for our own personal holiness. David says in Psalm 69, I chastened my soul with fasting. Fasting is a divine corrective to the pride and the wickedness of the human heart. I believe it's Jeremiah who reminds us that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But God, God can change our heart and take the flesh and give us a heart of a spirit heart that aligns with his own heart so fasting also goes hand in hand with a true sorrow for our sin and our failure if we are going to live in a state of true holiness we need to be practicing fasting to keep and to bring our body under subjection When we seek God with all our heart, this will include times of fasting. Those of us who pray with fasting, we're giving heaven notice that we are serious. We are earnest. We are not going to give up, but we will persevere until we receive an answer. We will run that race to the end. So now I'm going to share with you some examples of fasting. Um, Initially, we're going to start out in the Old Testament, we read about how Moses fasted on Mount Sinai in Deuteronomy 9, 9 through 11. He went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, which the Lord made. He stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord delivered to him two tablets of stone written with the finger of God. At the end of 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave the two tablets of stone, which were the tablets of the covenant. Moses fasted a second time on Mount Sinai. And this is also in Deuteronomy chapter 9. He says he fell down before the Lord as at the first, 40 days and 40 n- nights. Again, he didn't eat bread or drink water because of the sin which Israel committed doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Moses was afraid of the anger and the displeasure the Lord had towards Israel. But the Lord listened to Moses at that time. He would have destroyed the people and Aaron. But Moses prayed and fasted. These were supernatural fasts. It is simply impossible for anyone to survive for 40 days and 40 nights with no food and no water. Please don't ever try that. We have no record of Moses eating anything. Some Bible scholars even say that he actually went 80 days total without food or water. Definitely supernatural. Not something that God wants any of us to do. (laughs) During the first fast, the Lord gave Moses the law. This included the tabernacle, the priesthood, the commandments, and the judgments. Everything Israel needed to become the strong nation God designed them to be. During the second fast, Moses was interceding for Israel and Aaron. Moses broke the first two tablets of stone, and he had to provide for the replacement. God, once again, wrote the tablets. This time, Moses saw the glory of God. When he came down from Mount Sinai the second time, the people couldn't look at him and they had to cover his face with a veil because it shone so by- brightly from being in the Lord's presence. This is Exodus 34. We s- can we all seek to spend so much time with the Lord in prayer and fasting that we too experience that glory of God and shine for him? Okay, the Day of Atonement. This was also a day of fasting. This is in Leviticus 16. This shall be a statute forever. The seventh month, the tenth day. You afflict your souls, you do no work. On that day, the priest makes atonement for you, to cleanse you, that you may be clean before the Lord. So here, fasting is connected with repentance and the humbling of oneself before God. It's not a voluntary fast. God tells them, anyone who is not afflicted in soul on that day will be cut off from his people. So, sometimes there is a fast that is called for. We're not determining that we're going to do it, but it's being called for. And it's necessary for us to partake in it at that time. Also, the children of Israel fasted before they went up to fight against the Benjamites. This is in Judges, verse 20. All the children of Israel went up, they came to the house of God, and they wept, and they sat before the Lord and fasted until evening. They offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Some men here from the tribe of Benjamin committed evil. The nation of Israel demanded they be given over for punishment. The Benjamites refused, which resulted in a type of civil war between the Benjamites and other tribes. Israel's two attempts at defeating them were met with loss. 40,000 men died because of their insincere attempt to seek God for the victory. It wasn't until they began fasting that God assured them he would be with them and give them victory. Next example. The Israelites fasted when they lost a battle to the Philistines. This was when the ark was taken, and the two sons of Eli were slain. As we read on in that story, the ark was recovered. God sent a plague among the Philistines. The Philistines sent the ark back to the children of Israel. And then Samuel called Israel to repentance and revival. This is in 1 Samuel 7, verse 5. Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah. I will pray to the Lord for you so the people all gathered together they drew water and they poured it out before the lord and they fasted that day they acknowledged we have sinned they acknowledged we have sinned against the lord the philistines heard of this gathering and they prepared to go to battle against them but as the philistines drew near the lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the philistines and confused them so they were overcome before Israel. Prayer, fasting, and repentance brought Israel this victory over their enemies. As we move on, David, he sinned with Bathsheba, and the baby that was born was sick to death. David prayed, and he fasted for the child in 2 Samuel 12. David pleaded with God, he fasted, and he lay all night on the ground for this child. The elders of his house arose and went to raise him up, but he would not. He would not eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. So here we see David fasted for seven days, but it didn't change God's mind. David sinned, and God said, you must face the consequences. However, This is still an example of repentance, which includes fasting. We have to remember that we can fast and pray before the Lord. His response will still always be according to his will. And as we fast and as we pray, it is important for us to seek his will. Okay, the next example, Elijah, who fasted after an angel fed him. This is in 1 Kings 19. Elijah was running from Jezebel and came to Beersheba. He was a day's journey into the wilderness, suffering physical and spiritual fatigue. He was was feeling so awful, he requested God take his life. But there was no reply from God. God knew that Elijah needed rest and proper food. So when Elijah fell asleep under a juniper tree, he was awakened later on by an angel. And this angel had prepared food for him. After eating and drinking, he went to sleep, and then he was awakened a second time and made to eat once again. So Elijah arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights, as far as Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Forty days of fasting and spiritual renewal came to Elijah, and again he was able to minister as God's prophet. Now again, let's not fast for real, for 40 days, although there are different types of fasting, and I'm familiar with a few where you could actually do a form of fast for 40 days. Daniel's fast comes to mind where you eat just the fruits and the vegetables and the water, and that is also a form of fasting. Um, Okay, example number eight, the exiled Jews fasted before they returned to Jerusalem. King Artaxerxes II, he made a decree all the priests and Levites who wanted to return to Jerusalem could do so. Ezra was in charge of 1,754 people who journeyed there. It took four months to get there, and along the way, Ezra proclaimed a fast to seek God's help. He proclaimed a fast at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God to seek him, to seek for him the right way, for our little ones and all our possessions. He writes, I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. So we fasted and entreated our God, and he answered our prayer. The next one, next example is Nehemiah, who fasted for the restoration of Jerusalem. That's in Nehemiah chapter 1. And then there's Esther. That's just an amazing story. She came to the people. She asked the people to fast with her before she went to make intercession before the king for her people, to save her people. That's another beautiful story. You can read that in the book of Esther. It's a fairly short book, so it's definitely one you can sit down and just enjoy. Let's see. Another example is Daniel, who prayed and fasted for Jerusalem in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel went on a partial fast for three weeks in chapter 10. And then there's Jonah. Jonah went to Nineveh with the message that God was going to destroy that city, the wicked people, And then the king of Nineveh proclaimed a fast, and they humbled themselves before the Lord, and they were saved. Okay, now we move on to the New Testament, and just a couple examples there of fasting and its place in the life. First of all, of course, Jesus practiced fasting. In Luke chapter 4, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, tempted 40 days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they ended, he was hungry. After Jesus' 40-day fast, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And that's when he began his ministry. The second example. Anna, who served the Lord with fasting and prayers night and day, in Luke chapter 2. Next example, Saul fasted for three days after his encounter with Jesus, see Acts chapter 9. We all remember that when Jesus struck him down and blinded him along the road to Damascus and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then later on, Saul became Paul. And talk about some powerful testimony, some powerful witness and ministry. And he fasted often in the scriptures. Let's see. Next example was Cornelius, who was fasting when an angel visited him and told him to call for Peter, who would bring him words of salvation. That's in Acts chapter 10. And Cornelius and his whole family were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, saved. They received their salvation because of the alms and the prayers and the fasting that Cornelius had done. There's also the church at Antioch. They were fasting when the Holy Ghost called Paul and Barnabas for a special ministry. That's in Acts chapter 13. And in Acts 14, the elders were ordained in every church. And at that time when they were ordained, there was prayer and there was fasting, looking for an anointing, looking for a powerful touch or direction or word from the Spirit of God. Fasting and prayer. In Acts 27, Paul and those aboard the ship that was in the storm, they fasted, beseeching the help of God in this time of a great storm they fasted and they prayed and their lives were all saved maybe the ship and all of its materials on board were gone but all those men on that ship they were all safe next paul listed fasting as one of the ingredients of an apostolic ministry if you want to be a part of the ministry in any way shape or form here You're being told you must fast. Fasting is so necessary. This is how you come in touch with God. This is how you can better hear from him, find that direction, and truly move into a deeper place. Last example. Paul listed fasting as one of his sufferings. In 2 Corinthians 11.23-27. through 27. I'm not going to look all of those up. But. I do. Want to stress. This is what the Bible says. In Luke chapter 6. Whosoever cometh to me. And heareth my sayings. And doeth them. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man. Which built an house. And digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock as followers of jesus we need to we need to know our lord we need to learn and receive direction and that comes from reading the word of god from spending time in prayer and even from fasting Fasting is so important. It shows that we are humbling ourselves before God. We're acknowledging his greatness. We're also acknowledging our own limitations. We're not in control. All power to God, for God, for his glory. It can be good to view fasting as the way we discipline our flesh toward God. Paul even said, He fasted to keep himself in line with God because he didn't want to risk becoming a castaway. Castaway means failing to pass the test or being unapproved. None of us want to fail to pass the ultimate test in our walk with God. We want to know that one day we will hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. So when we fast... We take our attention, our time, and our resources away from things in our life that perhaps are distracting us, taking time away from Jesus and growing our relationship with God. When we fast, we crucify the flesh. And when the flesh dry- dies, our spiritual mind, our spiritual body, brings everything into focus. What a beautiful way to receive clarity and revelation and a deeper desire to draw near to God. Nothing dies without a struggle. Our flesh will fight against us when we fast. Paul said his flesh would war against him when he attempted to fast, and we will face the same opposition. But we can overcome. We need to remember, we fast to serve God, to receive power from God, to receive direction from God, to receive that anointing and to move within the will of God. If you've never fasted before, think about starting with something small, maybe coffee or breakfast or lunch, something simple. Ask yourself, would it really hurt me if I couldn't have it? Maybe it's social media. I won't go on Facebook for the next week. Once you know what that is, do it. Deny yourself. God will honor your sacrifice. Because through fasting, we are sacrificing. We're offering up ourselves. A couple different fasts. When you totally fast, you abstain from all food and non-liquid waters for a period of time the Daniel fast which I mentioned before it's actually a 21 day fast it doesn't include meats sweets refined or processed foods so very much you're eating the way Daniel ate there's the sunrise to sunset fast which is abstaining from food and liquids from the time the sun rises to the time the sun sets this is actually one that my husband and I partake in on a weekly basis And then there's also a partial fast, where we abstain from a meal or a snack, a specific activity. What's important to remember is that the length of a fast isn't the mark of quality. This goes back to how quality never really equals quantity. We need a focused fast. If you're successfully fasting, you'll find that once you fast, you just naturally fast again and again for longer periods of time, and you come to enjoy fasting you almost look forward to that time so i encourage you consider fasting the benefits are beyond imaginable and god tells us test him and he will prove it he will prove you so in jesus name i pray that the lord will direct you if you've never fasted or if you fast regularly, that he will direct you and that he will draw your heart to fasting for him with a focus like you've never had before. In Jesus' name.